I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm HR consultant M. Hey, Shell. I'm Emily Bowen and I work in recruitment. Today, we are talking about six things your boss wants. And I think we all want to know what they want. I guess we do because then it's going to make it easier for us to get where we want to go. It's a little bit like what's the, you know, what's the secret password or what's the secret to winning the game? And when we can understand what our boss wants from us as a team member, we can create more opportunities for career progression, for growth, by being an employee that people want on their team. And we have both managed people for many years and we've worked with a lot of executives, CEOs, business owners. So we've seen what works and what doesn't work. So we hope you enjoy the show. So we have six things that bosses want and Em, you're going to kick us off. Yeah, I am. So this one for me is one that I have heard my boss say, but that I also just go, yes, like if I can ask one thing of my team, this would be it. And that is no surprises. When uh, I guess we all know what it's like in life, uh, there are some good surprises like, you know, flowers on the doorstep when you get home that you weren't expecting. Uh, But most of the time as humans, we really love certainty. We really love the sense of security that comes with that. And particularly in our work, we we value and we do better when we've got the opportunity to prepare for a few different things. Uh, when, it, you know, we might need a contingency plan or when something might not go as we expected it to or wanted to, uh, we tend to get along um, with each other and get along with our work much better. So for me, it's no surprises. So how do you avoid surprises? All right. So if, you've, if you're working for a boss, and as most of us are, there are very few people who don't have a boss, then what I would ask is that you communicate openly and you communicate early. So I personally uh, like to, I often find myself saying to my boss, look, you don't need to do anything and this could end up being nothing, but you know that I like to tell you when there's even just a whisper of something that I think you need to know, just in case something does come of it. So X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's this little, this little heads up that if I was to come back to you in a month's time and say, okay, now we've had an explosion, it's not the first time you're hearing about it. It's such a good example of how to communicate that. Like, what does that early communication look like? For me as a manager, I remember there'd be times where a, a team member of mine would come and it'd be like they just drop this bomb on you and for them what I came to understand (laughs) was they'd been stewing on this thing and they didn't want to bring it to my attention because they didn't want to bring a problem so they'd be like I'll try and sort it I'll try and sort it I'll try and sort it in the background but what inevitably happened is the problem didn't get solved which is totally fine and not a reflection on their performance or anything but what 
by them not coming early or communicating openly about the problem was that then they dropped a big bomb once it had got to this like terrible zone. And for me, I'm like, oh, okay, well, if we had a conversation three months ago, we could have addressed this then. And usually your boss has a higher level of responsibility. Usually they've got, uh, not always, but usually they've got more years of experience or if not more years, perhaps they've just jammed more experience into the same amount of time. Uh, They've got visibility. They've got access to resources that you just don't have. And so by putting it on their radar early and by not holding anything back, so, so communicating openly, you'll actually be tapping into some options that you can't otherwise tap into. And your boss might turn around and go, oh, okay, I'm glad you're telling me this now when we're at sort of one out of 10 rather than 10 out of 10 because I've seen this happen before and I'm thinking that what I might also do is I might go and tell my boss just so that they've also got the heads up because in my experience... This could all fizzle and be nothing, but if it does become something, we're going to need to have done that. So I feel like you don't know what you don't know. And by communicating early and openly and making sure there are no surprises, not only will you keep everybody's stress levels down, not only will you limit you know, the explosion, it might only ever get to a six out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10, but you'll also be tapping into some solutions that you might not otherwise know exist or have access to. I know you're probably wanting to move on from this, but I... know <laughs> I love this topic. This <laughs> okay, good. Another thing I'm thinking about is, so there are examples in the workplace, like you've got, a, you've got a problem with, say, a product and we're trying to solve it. But there might be your own personal things that you're needing to bring up. So let's think about, we've talked about this before, but it might be that you're considering relocating interstate. Yes. And that might have an impact. Now, if you've got a good relationship with your boss, bringing that to them early before you've gone and done a huge amount of thinking may be beneficial. And I would argue if you've got that positive relationship, it'll be very beneficial to have the conversation early to sound it out rather than going down the rabbit warren of all this thinking's been done and then boom, I'm going to put that on them um, as a surprise. So I think it relates to both your your work situations, but also anytime you have a personal situation, Bringing that early to your boss and being open is such a good way to work out the best solution. And can I insert in there, if you've got, as you said, Shell, if you've got a good relationship with your boss, it's going to feel easier to go to them with that early. But I would also add, or and I would also add, to get a good relationship with your boss, start out that you know journey together, start out that relationship together by going to them early. Uh, it's taking those opportunities that will actually build that good relationship that you can then leverage over time. And, uh, we, you know, final thing I will say just to find even some middle ground between that work problem-based explosion that we talked about and that personal situation would be pay rises. We've talked often about one of the key uh, to-dos in the process of asking for a pay rise is to not surprise your boss make sure that you set the conversation up uh, in a way that says, hey, at a time that's suitable to you, I'd really love to talk to you about this. Could we please put something in the calendar? And that's all about not catching them by surprise. This flows really well into my second point because we've talked a lot about problems. So in any workplaces are full of problems, right? Oh, that's, but isn't that work? Work is solving problems. That's right. That's all so it is. So they're full Simple. of problems. And our second thing that bosses want is they want solutions-orientated people, not problem-focused people. 
Okay, that's a mouthful. (laughs) You're going to encounter a lot of problems at work and what your boss wants from you is to identify problems and then come to them with, okay, here's what the problem is, here's how I'm diagnosing it, here's some potential solutions, as opposed to what we often see as leaders, hey, Em, holy crap, here's this whole big problem. Or forwards email, hey, Em, see below, what do you want me to do? (laughs) And you're like, Uh, you're groaning silently because you're like, oh my gosh, what is, I don't even know. Like I've got 80 other problems that I'm trying to solve today. And I want you to have a go. I want you to read and digest that email. I want you to come to me and go, here's what I'm thinking. And then seek my guidance beyond that or seek my permission if it needs that, you know, approval. Um, I feel like I'm going to have this ranty moment, but it's like, go there. You almost just want to say what do bosses want. I just want you to make my life easy. Like that's all I want. But what does that look like is what we're talking about here today. Yeah. And so hear what we're saying, because these things overlap. Open and early comms doesn't mean I'm going... I have to take this problem at the very early inception of it, even though I haven't thought about a solution. What it means is have the open and early communication, but come to your boss with an idea of a couple of solutions. When you're encountering those problems, bring ideas, bring ways that you think that that can be solved. And an example for me, when I first uh, started managing a new team, quite a while ago, I came into this team culture and the culture was, I would have said a blocker culture. What I mean by that is that when a situation would come up, they would be like, the initial reaction was no, no, we won't do that. From From the the manager or the team. Okay. So the team, I came in to lead a new team and their initial reaction to problems and requests was, no, we won't do that. So that might be a request from a customer yes. or someone internally. That's right. Yeah, okay. So the customer was coming with something and, and the initial response, and it was an internal customer, so there's a different dynamic there. But what I started to identify with them was our culture needs to be an enabler. We need to be people who enable, not block. So that doesn't mean being yes, yes women or yes men. That means being able to identify solutions and enable problems to be solved. We're not going to say yes to everything, but let's think of how we can enable progress. And that became, I guess, what I would call having, I want as a leader, and a lot of leaders want a team or an employee who is optimistic. So, and that's what I mean when I say solutions oriented, not problem focused. Yep. Love that. Okay. Number three, I am all about alignment between your actions and your words. So your behavior and your words. It's like this whole what you say and what you do matching. Now, as a boss, what that means is I don't necessarily need you to always deliver on everything, but I just want to know whether or not I can realistically and reliably expect you to deliver on what you say you're going to deliver on or not deliver if it's if it's unrealistic. And so number three, I would sum up as reliability. Uh, if I if I think about okay, what's a scenario in a workplace? It can be. I mean, we're all overworked. Let's face it. We all feel overworked. We all feel like that that workload is is beyond our reach. But 
there are ways to actually work with your boss and with your team to go, okay, well, what is realistic here? And if I'm being asked to do a task or to add a project to my workload, how can I communicate with my boss in a way that says, for me, here's what I can do for you, or here's the timeline, or look, I can't meet that timeline, but I could meet this one instead, or I can meet that timeline, but here are the things that would need to change. Oh, this one gets me. This one gets me because I have over my career been so bad at this end. Oh, this is not what I expected you <laughs> to just say then. Okay, okay. the part of me that wants to, and I think so many of our listeners will resonate with this, the part of us that wants to do the right thing by our boss is like, okay, I, I can fit that in. And you know what? I think that we're in good company when I, or, you know, I think I can say this about the company that we're in uh, as listeners, we're overachievers. Like, let's face it, you're not listening to a career podcast if you're not a little bit of an overachiever. (laughs) So, you want to feel like you can still do it or it sounds exciting and you want to be a part of it. But when I talk about being a reliable employee, I'm not talking about the person who shows up on time and is punctual and, you know, great attendance. I've moved past that. What I'm talking about as a boss is I just want to know if I come to you and I say, hey, here's something that's come up, here's what I'm thinking, here's something I need you to do, that I can actually just have like a peer-to-peer conversation with you where we kick it around and I can trust that if you're going to tell me that that's realistic or unrealistic, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I need you to tell me that because I need to know that I can rely on you, that if you tell me you can do it, that you're actually going to get it done. But if you tell me that you can't, that that's actually a really well-considered response. So what that means to me is that it takes, especially if you're going to say, Em, yes, I agree, we need to do that project. It's come up last minute. I don't know if I can deliver in that time frame. That conversation is hard. It is. Because what we think is happening when we're having that conversation with our boss is they're going to think that I'm not able to do my job as quickly as maybe I should. And so that becomes part of our kind of internal dialogue and messaging. So it's having the insight to go, no, my boss doesn't necessarily want me to just say yes to everything and figure out the way to do it. What they want, if they're a half decent leader, is they want you to show up and say, Em, I can make that happen. Here's what I need. Or Em, no, that's not doable for these reasons. Can we look at this timeline instead? Because that is what indicates that you can you're reliable, that you're consistent, that you can, you do what you say you're going to do. That's right. And I'm not coming to you on Wednesday morning with a new project thinking that you've been doing 30 hours a week on a 38 hour a week, you know, job waiting for me to give you this new project. I'm coming to you on the Wednesday morning knowing that you're already working your full-time hours in full. And so for me to bring a new project that particularly when it does have that short deadline, Uh, or sense of urgency, I'm bringing it to you knowing, okay, our plate is already full. So how are we going to get this done? Um, But at at the end of the day, it's just making sure that over time you've got that consistency where you can have those conversations, you can rely on that person's opinion because you see the fruits of the labour, you know, pan out as you expected them to. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast.
you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, number four. Your boss wants macro, not micro. Okay, I didn't think of this one. But I should have because I'm like, (laughs) yes. Oh, Oh, yeah, I hate the detail. Most leaders hate getting sucked into detail because if you think they might be leading a team of 10 people and if every single one of those people were bringing them huge amounts of detail, they're getting their time absorbed in that. They don't want to be brought into that. We just can't be. I love detail. So as a human, I'm all about detail. Like, tell me everything. I want to know everything. And I have had to, as a boss, work out how I can do my job without knowing the detail. And I've now gotten myself to a point where I'm like, yeah, I don't, I, I can't. I just can't. Whether I want to or not, I just can't. And there's a lot of bosses like you um, that will want the detail. So if if, a, if an employee serves it up on a platter, they're like, oh yeah, I want to know. But what that does is it, it becomes a time sink. So it, great team members understand that about their boss and they go, I'm not going to sink my boss's time over here in this issue. I'm going to create enough level of information that they can be satisfied and and help make a decision if needed and I'm going to be bringing them this high level information that can help move something forward. So keep your info at a macro level not a micro level. One of the the tricks that I have recommended to my team for me but also for other stakeholders that they're communicating with our in our business that um, I think is quite useful in progress, progressing things and, and moving them forward is if you are writing an email to somebody and you need them to do something, so whether that be action something by a certain deadline, read the email by a certain deadline, provide approval or opinion, actually make that your first sentence. So often what we I naturally see us do is we will write an email that gives all this context, background information that you need in order to have an opinion or make a decision. And then at the end of the email, it is, so if you could please get back to me on this by, you know, X date, or if you could please tell me what you think about this, thanks, M. Chances are one of two things happens. I don't actually read that email well, skim read like you shall, or 
I don't read that email quick enough because I look and it's really long and there's no obvious reason to me that it has a deadline of tomorrow. So I never get to the bottom. I get to the bottom and it's like, oh, I missed that deadline. Whereas if it's actually in the first line, even on my phone, I can actually see that first line really, you know, at a glance. And so I can go, oh, okay, this actually has an action item associated with a tight deadline or even just the fact that it has an action item associated with it that I need to do, I'll make sure I spend a bit of time on that. So that for me can be, you know, a really practical way that you can get hit the macro rather than the micro. And it's also doing your boss a massive favour because it's going, this is what I need from you right at the top. Yeah, amazing. That really helps me when I'm prioritising your email and getting you what you need in amongst everything else. And getting back to even why this is important, why are we doing these things? Why are we wanting to meet the needs of our bosses, which sounds really kind of weird? Um, It does help us in our career. It helps us get promotions. It helps us to build influence in our team. So that's really the heart of it. It's not to just solely make your boss's life easier, although that's a good thing in and of itself. It's to get you where you want to go. Absolutely. Number five, number five for me, what your boss wants is your trust. What I mean by trust is, have you ever had that situation where you're feeling really frustrated with a coworker? You can see that they're not doing their job and you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm going to have a conversation with my boss about this. And you talk to your boss, you have a bit of a vent You maybe overstep a little bit, but you're frustrated and you feel like you're working your butt off and the person next to you isn't pulling their weight. And then you walk out of that conversation. It doesn't feel like anything's been actioned in that moment. And it doesn't feel like you've really got any specific clarity over what they're going to do. But instead, what you've heard from them is, all right, Shell, I really appreciate you coming to me with this. I want you to know that I've heard you. I'm just going to need you to leave it with me. And you're just left like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah, like what does that mean? I mean, I've still got to walk back out there, sit next to this person tomorrow, the next day, the next day. And then some time passes and some time passes and it's like a week or two weeks or maybe even a little bit longer. And you're just thinking, I'm still working with this person and nothing's changing. What I want as your boss is to trust me that I am doing something about it. You can't see it. And unfortunately, I can't talk to you about it a lot. You know, it's, it's kind of not your business to a point. But I want you to trust me that although it might take time, with your patience, I am going to get a resolution. And to you, does that mean not hounding you for the resolution? Yeah, I think that a good boss will make sure they keep you up to date, particularly given that it's on like you have brought it to them and put it on their radar but they won't be able to share a lot with you particularly if we're talking about this scenario and there there are many other scenarios where your boss will need your trust and patience it certainly does mean don't hound them but I think it's also reasonable to say you know a couple of weeks later you might have your next one-on-one scheduled with them ideally your boss brings them up brings it up and provides you with as much of an update as they can. But if they don't, you can also reasonably just say, hey, I really appreciated you hearing me out the other day. I felt like, you know, probably my frustration came through because it was the first time I was getting it off my chest. Uh, I trust the process and, you know, you've got my patience, but um, I just wanted to let you know that I am still experiencing the same. And if there's anything you can share with me, cool. And if there's not, that's okay. But, you know, 
you can you can sort of bring it up in that way that's just a bit like it's still on my radar uh, without hounding them. Number six, and this is a good one to end on, optimism. Oh, I love this one and I love that we're finishing on it. It's a great way to finish. Bosses love optimism. Yep. And before you tackle this one, I encourage everybody to think back through, well, what happens if you apply optimism to the five, you know, what bosses want things that we've talked about before this? Because again, it just elevates them. It just takes them to a whole new level. Uh, But tell us what optimism means to you, Shell. Optimism is a strength that I am developing. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's something that I think over the years has, okay, you want, do we real want, talk. Okay, real talk. <laughs> we'll go there. I think over time I've lost a bit of my optimism mm. because the nature of HR is dealing with people problems all day, yep. every day. And preparing for or expecting the problems. That's right. And many jobs are solving – most jobs, I think, are solving problems. Yeah. If you work in tech, you're solving tech problems all day, every day. Customer experience, accounting, marketing. Whatever you're doing. So it's not just HR, obviously. One of the things I've realised has been I've seen my optimism wane and and kind of slowly diminish. And when you are around people who are cynical, sceptical, negative, all those words that are the opposite of optimism. Defeated. Yes. That is draining. When you're around an optimistic person, it's life-giving, it's energising, it gives you that little bounce in your step. And I've had a few people that I've worked with and one uh, who I've had the pleasure of closely working with, she's an amazing manager and leader, and she is just this ball of enthusiasm. (laughs) And her approach as a leader has taught me the power of optimism because she looks at every problem through this lens of, oh, that's easy to fix. We can oh, wow. fix that. She is like super optimistic. She's amazing. And it's not toxic positivity because she still is a realist. Or she, I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it's naivety. That's right. It's just this lens of if you look at the positive to negative like continuum, she tends to be consistently towards a positive and optimistic view. And that helps her to get through a lot more work. As a boss, optimism to me means somebody who on every occasion when something new is presented looks at it and goes, okay, we can do this. How can we find a way? As opposed to no or it's not possible or it's too hard. Now, the okay, we can do this, we can find a way could come with that sense of I don't know if it's going to be easy. You know, it might not be that same strength of optimism that the lady you're talking about has, which is enviable. It can just be a, all right, I'm willing to have a look at this. Let's just see. What what can we come up with? Maybe we can do something here. And it, it takes you from a problem-focused mindset, as we talked about before, to going, okay, we understand the problem. We're not going to pretend it's not there. Like we're not going to gloss over it, but we're going to – explore it, understand it, but then we're going to come up with as many solutions to fix it as possible. And optimistic people can do that process easy, more easily than people with a cynical or sceptical mindset. It's just that belief that it's possible. Like you're starting from a place of, I believe this is possible. And it's really, there's this really interesting study and I, about the link between optimism and 
uh, flow. Mm-hmm. So they talk a lot. There's a lot of research about how athletes get into a state of flow and, and increase their productivity. And optimism over time has been linked to that ability to get into a state of flow. And so if you're experiencing, and for me, I've I'd learned this about myself of if I'm experiencing blockers with my productivity maybe I've gotten into a negative mindset and need to find that moment of optimism or need to look at things through a more positive or optimistic lens. I think of connections also, Shell, to fixed versus growth mindset. And that's not something we've talked a lot about. And and I feel like, okay, add that to the endless list of episode topics that we have running, because I know that optimism is certainly a characteristic of someone with a growth mindset. So there you have it, our six things that bosses want. We have no surprises at number one. Number two is to be solutions orientated, not problems focused. Number three, reliability. So that's your actions matching your words. Four, bring the macro, not the micro. As Shell would say, detail sucks and I'm going to glaze over. Number five is trust. Be patient with your boss just because you can't see it doesn't mean that it's not being dealt with. Trust their process. Trust that they're good at what they do. And number six, arguably our favourite, although there's some strong contenders, is this beautiful word optimism and how life-changing that can be and life-giving that can be, not only to yourself but the people around you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and follow, rate and review. We love your feedback. It means so much to us. Thanks heaps. Thanks, guys. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.